What's up, family? As you know, Nizrani's in the City is under our larger initiative, Syro Creatives, a nonprofit organization dedicated to expressing the beauty of the Syro Malabar Church. Syro Creatives is excited to announce the Joy to the World collection, featuring a number of items you can purchase to outwardly express your faith. So we've got the Believer shirt. It's super high quality and it ships internationally. Check that out. We also have two new art prints featuring the Holy Family and the Syro Saints. Next, we have the limited edition tote bag with only a few left in stock. Finally, don't forget about our Syro stickers, which now includes a new depiction of St. Alfonso. Click on the link in the description to check out our updated website for more details. Now here's the episode. Enjoy. Welcome back to Nazrani's in the City. I'm Josh. And I'm Abby. And we're back in SoCal. No crazy story here. But it's been good. It's been good. We're here in Siraj's house. We've got a... I don't know if you've noticed, but we changed the background every single time. Yeah, not on purpose. Practical reasons, really. But I, I think it's it's kind of cool. You know, we're yeah. in a new place every time. It's kind of gives us that, you know, like, oh, we're in the city. You know, we're constantly on the move. You know what I mean? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks thanks to Siraj for letting us use his house um, to get this podcast down. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to... There was a couple of things we wanted to do. Announcements, yeah. per se. One is... You know, like we said before, we want to keep the conversation going. And, you know, and Abby and I, have, you know, we, we pray about what we should talk about um, in terms of, you know, topics and material and everything. But we also want to hear from you, uh, the listeners. So you can either, you know, DM us. We have our own Instagram page. Uh, you know, like what would you want to hear about, right, from two uh, young Nazranis in the cities? In the city, uh, what would you want to hear about? You can you can DM us or you can email us at uh, Nizrani's in the city at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we, we would we would really love to hear your feedback. We would love to hear uh, topics that you would be interested in hearing about. Um, and yeah, also on that note, uh, please like, comment, subscribe, uh, the whole nine yards. We're uh, yeah, we just want to interact with you guys in a way, I guess. So yeah. Yeah, and also a lot of people have really liked the intro music, outro music. So shout out to Michael Abraham, Josh's brother, mm-hmm. guitar maestro. That's right. Uh, Michael's my one of my two younger brothers, and then I also have a younger sister too. Um, and uh, yeah, Michael, uh, l- let me do a little rant on Michael real quick because I also know he's he's watching right now. Uh, Everybody gets to listen to Michael's final products of guitar. But his family <laughs> has to bear the burden of hearing all the practice that goes into it. And it's, it's also, literally, literally, yeah. Um, but but in, in all honesty, Michael is quite uh, the musical genius. Uh, and you should follow him on Instagram at Michael's Guitar. I think that's what it's called, Michael's Guitar. And yeah, he does a lot of good covers. He also works on his own uh, tunes and music and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Shout outs to Michael because I, I love the Nizrani's in the City uh, tunes. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But um, shoot. Okay, here we go. This is the deal. We want to talk about identity, and we think this is a really good topic to talk, to talk about now, especially in the context of like being uh, Sura Malabar Catholics living in America. For a lot of reasons. But if I, I do want to explain how we came to this topic. Because there's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's this... Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this. 
this clip that was circulating around social media. Yeah, it's like a, a clip from a news segment, like Kerala News Channel. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's just it's just two guys just like yelling over each other. Yeah. And they're both saying like Niara, 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 Niara. And for for those who who don't know what that means in Malayalam, it, it means who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. So we, we 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 throw that 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 phrase around to 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 each other, right? And in in total honesty, Abhi and I didn't really prepare too much for this episode. Uh, so when we when we finally sat down to to like think and pray about it, we're, we're literally praying. You know, you can imagine us just having our eyes closed. Trying to be all pious and everything. We're trying to listen to the Holy Spirit and all we hear is Siraj and Sean in the background saying, Niara, 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 Niara. And it's like a light bulb goes up. I was like, who are you? And I just looked at Josh and I was like, Niara. Yeah. And then we just had this moment. That's right. That's right. Because going back to other episodes in the, <laughs> before, we, we talked about RIM, yeah. Relationship Identity Mission. And then that, that was like our first two episodes and then uh, the episode we did on the generation gap, we talked about how we have to be, we have to look to the Father, right? And that, 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 that's also a statement of identity there too. And we realized we didn't really expand on this. And this, I think, I can speak for Abby and myself, this is a, a question and a topic that we hold very dear to our hearts, um, the question of identity, because this is a, a topic that we've struggled with a lot. Yeah. Um, also one that we found a lot of clarity on through particular witnesses that we want to share with you. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe we can start by like saying like, it's, it's an important topic, especially for our Cyril Malabar community, because it seems like, what is it? Like, it, it seems like identity is determined by what you do. Mm-hmm. What you do defines who you are. You know, the whole rim is kind of bundled together, order switched around, things like that. And I remember I mentioned in a, cu- a couple episodes ago, like, instead of relationship identity mission, it's mission first and then identity, right? Most clear, obvious example is whenever you think about, um, like, career, vocation, it's always like, it, it literally boils down to, like, doctor or engineer, <laughs> Or something like that. Or I, I even think of the movie Three Idiots, right? Where it's like, a, uh, I forgot which character it was, but they, it's like a flashback to his um, flashback oh, to when he was born. When he was born, <laughs> and his dad's like, "You will become an engineer," yeah. or something like that, right? And it's like immediately, this is this is all he is for the rest of his life. Yeah. And then that's kind of like a, I wouldn't even say it's an extreme example, okay? that. That that's that's definitely what happens. Maybe there's a little more options nowadays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Engineer and doctor. Right, 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 right. But but it's like some lawyer in there. Is this is this all that defines who I am? Right, and then I think you'll see that if you if you have the order mixed up, this causes some serious ruptures in like in who you are. Sometimes right. Sometimes you're lucky if there's any relationship in there at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's not even that. Um, there are even like smaller examples, like in the parish, right? Like, mm, yeah. To, to be frank, and, and again, like, we don't try to accuse anybody, but, like, what has the position of, like, trustee become? Or what has the position of, like, youth, youth leader? Or, or, like, any sort of ac- external sure. thing that you add on, like, it, it almost becomes too much of your identity, right? Right. To be clear, this is not criticizing the actual roles of those. These are important roles, for But sure. it's, like, finding identity in those roles is a problem, right? Identifying 
as I am trustee. I am this. I am that. Right. Right. And I think I think I was thinking about this. Uh, our thesis statement, you know, for any Nazrani in the city uh, listening to this is that before you are a Nazrani, right? Like this is the expression of faith, you know, our Syriac heritage, uh, the Surah Malabar rite. Before you are a Nazrani, you are a son or daughter of God. That's, a, that's the goal here. Um, but maybe we can start by like just talking about our own struggles with this. Yeah. Our own stories. Because I, I, our stories kind of converge on this point as well. Because we meet the same person. Shout outs to Father Matthew Alexander. Once again. Um, yeah. I feel like we're going to be mentioning him a lot. Yeah. I hope he gets to listen to this episode. Anyways. Could I get him on once? That'd be sweet. But yeah, what? You, you go first. I want to I hear the story again. Yeah. Story um, about identity. So relationship, identity, mission. Particularly on this idea of identity. So, like, starting back way, like, you know, before any of this seminary or anything, I feel like it's something from the beginning of my life, and I'm sure many people, like, same way. It's that order was mixed up. Mm. So whether it be... And, and it's funny because you try to find those different identities and different missions with different contexts. So what I mean is, yeah. like, with my parents, it was one thing of, like, trying to prove who I am in a way that's pleasing to them, right? Yeah, yeah. this is like the whole, f- uh, like, putting on masks. Yeah, right. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Putting on these different masks with different things, like, right. you know, um, and different things that I do to either please them or rebel against them or whatever, and finding, like, my, my mission there, identity right. there. I don't even know where there was a relationship in any of that, but, you know, that that was the kind of corrupt order of things. And go to school, what is it? Okay, you're trying to manic- make it up, like, I'm, I'm the... I don't know, like jock basketball player. I don't know, dude. I hate using that word. For, sure. but for, for me, it was hype beast. I'll be very right, honest. I right. tried to be a hype beast. Yeah, so. bro. <laughs> Got the Supreme and everything on. I, my parents never actually bought me the clothes, but I tried to like get the mock stuff. I got but, you, bro. But yeah. Yeah, man. That So that stuff like that, no, exactly. Like what clothes, what sports, which friend group you're in. I mean, yeah. we, we, all this stuff is seen as like, oh, like the cliche high school scene, but it's true. Like it's cliche because there's like a lot of truth to it, right? The, there is, I mean, nowadays with social media, your follower ratio, <laughs> that's a mission. Dude, that's a whole uh, topic in itself, man. Yeah. I mean, all, all of these things, right, that I was kind of looking for. Um, and I feel like until high school, all of it was sort of socially failing too, in the mm. sense that I was like, no clout for it. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> high school hit, and I, f- I feel like, I mean, shared a little bit in my story, but like high school, I was like, dang, dude, I'm actually getting super popular from whatever this is, right? Like sports, social media, clothes. I, I mean, this is all superficial things, of right. course, but right, right. It, the truth was that the stuff like give me a little social boom. Mm. Um, I remember like really sitting down and asking myself, like, what is it that people like? Like, what is the ubby that people like? Because I was like, something is clicking here that wasn't clicking before. Right. And then, like, you know, maybe a couple months months in, if something was going wrong, I'd be like, crap, like, what is it that I messed up on? Okay, okay. So before you go elaborate on that, yeah, I feel like that reality of, like, noticing what people like about you and focusing on that and honing in on that, what precedes that 
is insecurity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So you, you, you would say that? 100%. There was it, some insecurity. It yeah. was like, wh- how do I reconcile myself with myself? Yeah. <laughs> straight up. Straight and, up yeah. and I was just like really trying to see. It wasn't so much as like there was any one particular person or any one group of people mm. that I wanted approval from. Like, cause that, that's fluctuating, right? You'll, you'll meet different people. You'll want different, you know, social statuses, whatever. Right. But the fact of it was that like all of that was really broke. It really broke down to the question of like, I'll be, which you is a good you, you know, which you is doing it right. According to what other people, other people, you know, standards that were like inculcated into us. Right. Inculcated. Right. I don't even know what that means. But. Yeah, I, I think I understand what you're saying. <laughs> but that, that that was my thing too, where it was like, I clearly, or I, at that point, especially in high school, especially middle school, man, middle school is tough for so many people. My heart goes out to anybody who struggled in middle school. My heart goes out to anyone that went through middle school. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I couldn't see anything good within myself. Mm. That's why I focused on what other people thought. Yeah. And, uh, and like doing the same to other people. So like, um, sometimes it's like subconscious because I don't think everyone is like that fake, but of like looking for friends and friend groups that fit a certain mission per se. Like they're mm. doing, something, doing something right, right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 in yeah. your eyes at that at that moment that you want to go <clears throat> associate with. Which, mm. I mean, again, it, it it's just like this perpetual cycle of this looks cool. This is getting some sort of clout, social status, or working mm-hmm. right so let's take away all the superficial stuff uh like cliche superficial stuff of clothes sports or whatever and just go to the very i feel like more real thing still not true identity but real real thing of what you're talking about with like career or like what grades you're getting mm. grades uh what college you end up going to like all of these different aspects right of you know did you win the bible quiz competition <laughs> <laughs> like that goes to the whole the you know the church aspect of it and constantly in the cycle right of like it, it literally starts like you're talking about three idiot it starts from birth yeah <laughs> maybe before yeah. right there's already those images because uh, i i wanted i want to mention like even this, this is just something i'm thinking about even like uh even the bible quiz one right i'm not sure if the 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 student actually receives a lot of validation in winning first prize for your bible quiz yeah but it's your parents who I feel like there's a lot of parents who really, oh, really, really, really push their kids to do it because somehow the kids' success in their Bible quiz maybe validates their parents. No, exactly. No, and this is this is my point. Going back to the whole thing of this isn't crit- I'm not criticizing learning the Bible, of course. Of course, or not. like yeah. you this know, le- that learning we know that well. Yeah. But the fact that a, a lot of the times it turns into, a, yeah, frankly, insecurity from the parents' part of like, am I doing parenting right? Right. You know, does my kid get 100% attendance or 100% on the Bible quiz or whatever? Um, and like these different things. So that trickles down onto the kids. It's like the whole thing we we're talking about, even with the generation gap of these different wounds that kind of travel down generations. Right. I think this is one of them, the insecurity and like, am I doing something right? Hmm. I even think about this like with my own parents, um, just the way... I feel like the the community is set up. I felt bad for them, especially when kind of fast forwarding. I'll, I'll go back later when I came back from seminary. That yeah, 
they had they didn't know like what to tell other people. Yeah. I felt really bad about that because I was like, man, honestly, this isn't even like, like they're not trying to be fake. It's not that they're embarrassed of me or anything. It's just like they literally don't know what to say because that's such a rigid thing of like, who is Ubby? Like, how is Ubby? <laughs> that whole thing is, they always ask like where but not how is he or something like that. Right. That that's how I felt. I was like, <laughs> I was like, dang, dude, they're just trying to see like what I'm doing now and stuff. Like whatever, family, friends, um, and everything. And like my parents would just have to be like, he's still figuring it out. I mean, I guess it was an honest answer. Up, yeah. But you could tell there was like that hesitancy of like that basically means this kid's <laughs> something going wrong with his life. <laughs> Go back to what my dad said about you. He said, <laughs> he's trying his best. He's trying his best. Yeah, but there's a... So there's that idea that if you're not actively doing something, especially if you're not actively doing something that's like a, a kind of staple in the community. Standard right. goals to reach for. Then, you know, that's like, like who even are you, dude? Right. And, man, it's, it's like now saying it out loud, it's crazy to think about that. Like, and, and I feel like I got the least of it in the sense that, like, I know people in my community that, like, still struggle to see, like, who they are and, like, how beautiful they are, how awesome they are, like, what they're capable of because, like, their whole life they were told that who they are is dependent on this, this, and that. I, I keep going back to the movie Three Idiots. This the movie explained this so well, and how like people are constantly under pressure, like they're in a pressure cooker yeah, to yeah. become this thing that their that parents or maybe even in the broader context, as their parents, just like the culture has kind of pushed them yeah. to become right. Like on, on a darker note, like. So many students in Kerala like commit suicide because of this very fact that they didn't, they couldn't pass, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those standard tests and stuff like that. And, and then th that that's kind of the extreme end of the spectrum of what we're talking about here. Um, yeah, that, that, that mental state a lot of people are in. I'm sure, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think that's really really disappointing. I I remember having this conversation with a close family friend of mine on school, and we were talking about their younger sibling. Uh, I'm the youngest, so I'm a little biased when it comes to, like, you know, older sibling, younger sibling relationship. But I just sort of slowly noticed, like, hey, maybe you're being too hard on your youngest sibling. You know, because, mm -hmm. you know, like, pretty pretty well off, like, um, did really well in high school and college. And then... You're talking about your brother? No, oh, no, 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 no. This is separate. Okay, family okay. friends. Gotcha. Um, and the, the youngest sibling is doing fine, like, not failing or anything, but... I don't know. There's not, nothing crazy, hmm. and like I just see both from the community and from like siblings, parents, and everything, this immense like you are going to mess this up because like early on they had a really good like standing in the community of like this prodigy type thing, but it's kind of like slowly faded out, and I'm seeing that like oh my gosh, like people literally see this person differently hmm. as her like public achievements went down. I see, I see, I see. And, and I was just like, man, like this happens so much as I'm like very clearly seeing this because I'm close with them. And I remember talking to the older sibling, like you can't be so like hard on them. And the thing is they get that, like because they're from our generation, right? So they get the difficulty part. But the point that they were making was like, I care about 
my youngest sibling. I want them to succeed, and I know that they're better than this. Mm. And for a couple minutes, I was actually, like, taking it back. In fact, luckily, we were, like, eating or something, so I didn't have to respond to that. But the whole time I was eating, I was like, damn. Like, who am I to (laughs) tell this person, like, you know, how to to be a good sibling and, like, what to expect out of their... Sure. Because what they said was true. Like, you know, they could probably do better... Mm. Um, and you should aim for your best, right? And you you need to have, like, you need you need to take care of yourself, whether, whether mm. it be studies, work, or whatever. So those those aren't false statements. Yeah. So it was really tricky for me to answer, but then I like slowly realized the the problem was that like this whole thing of the ordering of it, mm. like the whole order of it was messed up. They were they're cl- making the false claim that she could only reach her fullest identity. They knew that that identity was there, that there's like a, this, that this is like a great person that's capable of a lot of things and whatever, right? They knew that identity was there, but the claim was that in order to like unlock that or something, you needed to do these certain things. Right, that her, that her older sibling was doing. Because that, that o- does... Older sibling, like whatever it may be, right? Because I, I think, so there's two sides of it. There's like that one side of, People lying to you. This typically comes from like secular culture. People lying to you about who you are. Mm. So like, well, whatever it may be, you know, to, you know, from playground bullying to much more subtle things mm. that are kind of lying to you about who you are, your body, what you look like, who you are, who you're friends with, whatever. I feel like then there's the other side of like I think more relevant to our culture of like I think people aren't necessarily like yes, there's parents that are some, sometimes mean to their kids and things like that, but it's not necessarily like a putting down of like who they are. It's actually almost the opposite. It's what I've noticed. It's a lot of like, you are this great. Mm. You have this much potential. You have this much that and like, but you're wasting it. Yeah. And then like almost a sort of subtraction of an identity that they kind of know is there, but just not in the right way. I mean, that, that, that's what I think, where it's like the balance has to be like, there's nothing wrong with uh, wanting everybody to try their best, for sure. We have, we have to, you know, give, give it all we got. But in, in a way that respects the individual person, right? So like, I, I remember in, in my family, um, both me and my sister were part of student leadership in high school. Mm-hmm. And then I remember my parents tried to put that on, on Michael, um, and that, that, I, that, was, that was really hard for him because he, like, it's not that Michael couldn't be a leader. Mm-hmm. He's clearly a leader in a lot of respects. Yeah. But he just didn't want to do that. But my parents, my, my parents would keep pushing that on him. Um, and they, 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 they came to a resolve and he, he didn't do it. And he, he's fine. He, he's able to, like, express himself and push himself to the best of his ability in the things that he wants to do. And yeah. sometimes that's not respected. Um, but maybe we should backtrack and go, go, back, to, go back to your story. Like, so you're, you're gaining clout. Senior year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about all that. That's a funny way. But, but, yeah. but yeah, like, so, so start, start from there. Yeah, I mean, so at that point, again, it was, it was trying to find that identity. And I guess the relations would be relations with anyone but God <laughs> at mm-hmm. that point. Of, and trying, you know, what, whether, whether it be like scoring this many points in a game mm-hmm. or looking looking this way on this day or you know getting this score on a test and whatever it may be these became little sources of like affirmation for me validation you know like if 
I dropped 20 on a Friday night game, I'd be like, yeah, that's good. I'm good for like another month, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and, and that, that type of stuff, looking back at it, I'm just like, bro, this is literally childish. Like, mm-hmm. this is not even error. It's like, mm-hmm. you really think that meant anything to who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I think I slowly started to realize that. And that's when there was like a deep sense of like, I don't know what's going on. And th- that's when sort of like my conversion experience started happening. Mm. And so, yeah, it, it improved. It went, it, it went from not caring as much about that stuff and, and slowly, gradually to the point where I don't really care about that mm. uh, much anymore. Like that, that approval from those like secular aspects of action, wh- whether it be grades, sports, whatever. Um, but a new thing kind of seeped in of r- like only establishing my identity as a son of God, as a practicing Christian, as you know, some, somebody that wants to be close to Jesus. I only started thinking of that from the angle of like, what am I doing? Yeah. And what should I be doing? And what am I not doing enough of? So I almost took on like, not almost, I did. I took on the mentality that I'm calling out right now of like, I knew and like, and and this is something I still struggle with, right? I have to fight of like, I know that I'm made for greatness. I know that I'm a son. I know that there's like so much potential in me and all of these things. But instead of being delighted in that and instead of rejoicing in that, instead of recognizing, oh my goodness, like I'm an heir to the throne, all these things, I sit back and I'm like, but because of that, I should be doing this. Mm. You know, like if I'm not doing this and I'm not living up to that. Yeah. If I didn't, you know, remember we were talking about the podcast in the beginning of it, how like we've been thinking about this for a while, but it was just not from the right place for, for a really long time. Yeah. Until, you know, it was, for, at least for me, it was like, I need to do this podcast because I have the ability, like you were got, talking about Michael, he has the ability to do leadership and all these. And I kept telling myself the same thing of like, I need to do this mission, write this book, write this do this podcast, do my own podcast. <laughs> like In order to uh, validate your that you're a Christian, yeah. that you're a son. Yeah, like that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing something mm. right, rather than wasting away. And like same thing when it came to, so that was kind of like on the spiritual side. I associated whatever actions I was doing, teaching CCD and all of these things. I was like, man, yeah, this, this is what's elevating me mm. to holiness. Yeah, yeah. Right, and like, it's such a lie. And then the same thing happened with like my intellect. And we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago where I was like, there, there are times where, and it's a lot of it's cause you know, parents have a mentality and like the, there is a sort of cultural mentality. And again, rightfully so college, good, all of these things. But there's that mentality of like college equals intellect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like taking that upon myself. So being like, dude, maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was. <laughs> and, you know, some, I'm, I'm not. Sometimes I'm not as smart as I think I am. But there, there is a certain level of like, no, I, I do think that I am gifted with a certain intellect, especially when it comes to talking about certain things and, and thinking through certain things. But because I didn't have, you know, an associating credential to that or a, a concrete action, it wasn't even about like I don't have a degree, but it was like, man, what have I really done to say that I know this more than mm-hmm. anyone else? Mm-hmm. Or like, what have I really done to, you know, live up to my intellect? And this is something 
dad, love you. But this is something you would always say of like, Abhi, I don't criticize you because you're dumb. You're very smart. That's why you should work work harder, right? And like, again, love you, dad. But that that's the one thing that I feel like a lot of people take on, going back to that whole thing of my dad knew and he knows like how smart I am. Mm. It's out of that actually that he expects certain things. Mm. Yeah. And like that is so subtle because that's where the corruption comes in of even in the generation gap of like, it's because we love our kids, right? That's, do you not think we love you? That that's whole question. And it kind of connects right to this of like, no, like I know my, my son, I know my daughter, I know they're awesome. Like I know they're super smart. I know they're super loving and all of these things, man, but sometimes they're lazy and don't live up to it. Mm. And it's like, how do you, you know, that's so subtle. Cause it's like, it comes, it, it seems like, Oh no, they, they know their kid. Like they're accepting of their kid. The kids just got to get it together a little bit more. Mm. And it's so subtle, but it's, I feel like does more harm than even some of the stuff I mentioned before, because again, it's, it's almost like a half truth and those are trickier. I, I, I have two thoughts on that. One is, um, cause you said yourself, when, even as you were a, a practicing, you know, Catholic, like when you were intentionally trying to live your faith, like you knew you were a son, maybe in like a, a sort of like mental knowledge, right? Yeah. But it's interesting because I've been thinking about how I think there's a lot of people who live like this, including myself. I found this in myself too, especially that we know we're Christians and we know we're sons and daughters of God, but we live like we don't have a father in heaven. Mm, yeah. Like it, it has to become more than just that I'm a son or that I'm a daughter. It can't just be mental knowledge up here. It has to like come from the heart. It's not just about saying that like I'm a son, I'm a daughter. It's more about like hearing the father say, "You're my son." Yeah. You're my daughter. Um. But and then that 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 it takes a while to go from here to here. Yeah. You, you have to let that process happen. The, the second thing that I was thinking about is um. Dude, I forgot. Never mind. I'll come. It'll come back to me. <laughs> We're good. It's, it's all good. No, like on that that point you were mentioning of, like I, I think. Wait, now I forgot what you're talking about. <laughs> I was talking about like the mental knowledge from from a pure. Oh right, yeah. Here. So even when it comes to like our own parents mm -hmm. that we established in the last episode could not possibly love us as much as God does. Mm -hmm. I think about times that like I'm in trouble, or you know times that I, I need something. Even something as something as simple as like you know, ran out of money for gas immediately, five minutes, he'll transfer it to my account, my dad. And I was just thinking about that even, like the fact that I know, I'm not like deeply thinking about it, but I know like I'm in trouble right now. Let me text my dad. He'll help me. Mm -hmm. Regardless of where we're at, regardless of like what I think needs to happen or all these different things, I don't even second guess it. It's like, I'm in trouble. Let me talk to my dad. Mm. Um, That's awesome. And the thing is, like, I feel most of us have that at some level with somebody. Well, hopefully it's parents. Some some people don't have that relationship. Good friends. Good friends or whatever. But the, we know that, right? So that whole thing of the head to heart thing, we have that hard experience with some people. Yeah. Where we don't even, like, second guess it. We're just like, they will help. They are there for me. Um. And the fact that we struggle 
even though we know that with God, we don't act that way, like you were saying, right? And that the fact that we don't act that way is coming because we don't actually believe it in our heart yeah. a lot of the times, right? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, you know, God the, God the Father, yes, I'm, I'm his son, but Loki needs to study for this test right now. <laughs> like, otherwise, tomorrow maybe I won't be a son or something, you right, know, like that. Right, right. That like, subtle, even... subtle attitude. Um, so, like, where, where do you even go from there of, like, addressing the practical side of, yeah, certain things need to get done. You can't just sit around and do nothing with your life. But at the same time, those actions have nothing to do with who you are mm. at, at your core. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's it's about getting their order right. Mm-hmm. right? Like, it has to, like, the way I, I think about it, I've been, like, like, we really have to be convicted that God has a plan, that he has all things in his hands. Mm. Right, and that, that there is a mission that, that my life will not be put to waste. I don't have to grasp that. Right, you're going to see me make this motion so many times. I think it's so important how we try to essentially what we've been talking about. Again, it's just us trying to take our life into our own hands, trying to validate our own identity. Yeah. Right. Whereas what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to receive it mm-hmm. from the Father. We have to, um, like every. Jesus says, everything that I have comes from the Father. And the reason Jesus says that is because, one, that's who he is as the Son of God, but it's also so that he can bring us into that same relationship yeah. with the Father, right? That, that's what baptism does. But um, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of, our, ahead of ourselves. But any, anything more on your story? Otherwise, I'll go into no, yeah. one of mine. Good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was, I was no jock. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I was either. I just couldn't think of another. You can word. drop twenty on a Friday night. Yeah, you know. Okay. Um, but uh, but I, I had the same. I share the same sentiment that I did. I did want to be somebody. I always felt like I was. I would even say at a young age, I knew I was called for greatness. You yep. know. Um, but I I I also tried to grasp at that, grasping at my identity. Um, I, I was I was reflecting like I would do, I I was a very even before I, I started grasping at my identity I think that started happening around middle school right middle school is somehow when we become like just very aware of what other people think about us that's where like the seed of insecurity really starts to to bloom but before that to be honest I, I would say I was a very like weird kid very original <laughs> in a lot of ways um, but in in such a way that it was uh, both innocent, but also like, uh, like I was just being myself. Like the the interior really reflected onto the exterior. Like I was just honestly like this really weird kid that was proud of how weird I was. Yeah. Um, but then middle school started to happen, and I started to notice how other people talked, and I started to notice how other people looked, and that kind of reflected back on me. Um, and I started to become very very insecure about myself. One of the things that I can concretely say was that growing up, I didn't eat a lot. I was a very, very skinny kid. Um, all the way up until senior year of high school, to be honest. First year of seminary, I put on like 20 pounds. I was very proud of myself. Nice. Um, but also even for the wrong reasons, too. Uh, but I, I was ex- extremely skinny. And how do I say this? I, I was skinny, and I knew that the culture you know, like what the overall culture says about what it means to be a man is to be strong. 
Mm. And I felt super weak because of how I looked. And that led to a lot of insecurity. So, and I honestly, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. Um, and I, I, I tried to find a way to cover it up with clothes. That was, that, that's why I said like, you know, I, the goal of high school was, and middle school was to be a hype beast, you know, like. Yeah, this is a podcast on its own row, male body image issues. It, yeah. That really talked about. That, that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, like I would, and again, like my parents would not buy me uh, super expensive clothes. Thank God they didn't. But I would still try to get my way, you know. I remember I had this, I hope, you know, Sean, we, we can put a picture of what I look like in, in seventh grade right here. Um, you know, later in editing. Uh, but the, the, like I, I had this, this, this leather jacket uh, that I took so much pride in. Um, that I, that I got in, in eighth grade, or it was it seventh, seventh or eighth grade, because like this validated who I was. Mm. You know, like I was the cool kid who started the leather jacket trend. Greece. At, <laughs> at, at, at my middle school. Um, and, the, and, and again, like, like you said, like I started to realize how superficial that was. Um, and especially like after my own like reversion in sure. 10th, 11th grade, uh, even when I started to live out my Christianity, I was still grasping for validation my identity but it was more about like like you said like doing things that other people saw that was good um so even like good charitable acts you know like i i would even do that out of a spirit of wanting to be validated by it not for the sake of actually being charitable yeah it's literally like opposite of scriptures yeah making sure you're left hand (laughs) right 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 exactly like I, i i felt really good about myself because others would say good things about me um and yeah, I, I was kind of gaining my own clout, so to speak, in high school. Not because I was particularly good at sports, but just like I was like the, I don't know, I was kind of becoming like a, a leader in my in my own right. Like I did certain sure. leadership yeah, yeah. and everything. Um, and I, I I liked the idea that I was I was feeling good about myself, you know. Um, and I the logic was pretty simple in my mind. That all I got to do is just what pleases other people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this, this even went into me going into seminary. And I think I'll, I'll share my story and then we'll share how, it, how we converge stories mm-hmm. um, my junior year, your freshman year. Um, and this, this is something really interesting. I think this is what I bring to the table where I also started to see like holiness as a validation of who I am. Like, oh, I'm praying the rosary every day. Yeah. I'm going to mass every day. I'm doing good works. Therefore, I'm holy. Other people see me as holy. And it was only then that I could actually see myself as, as good. But I remember all of this, like, came crashing down. Uh, at, at the end of sophomore year, um, this is a very long story, but the short form is at the end of sophomore year, one of my close friends in seminary, uh, he, he called me into his room. And he basically spent, like, an hour basically telling me like everything that he found wrong with me. It was, it was, he, he literally just ripped into my personality and you know, him and I, you know, we, we wrestled with it. Uh, we, you know, we, we got talking, I got to clarify a lot of things. A lot of what he thought about me ended up being like lies that he was struggling with, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but that was, that was the scariest thing was that even though they were lies about me, I was still severely affected by it. Um, and it made me realize how I wasn't really living 
uh, from a place of honesty in my own heart. Uh, I was really living off of what other people thought about me. And it was crazy because I had to like, that was the end of sophomore year. And then I had to go um, into the summer. I think I went to India that summer. And then I got to spend time at the, the Sur Malabar Parish in Patterson. And this is actually, it's really interesting how the Lord kind of wove this all together because like I'm on this summer journey of like trying to understand who I am, you know, because at that point it was super clear. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep feeding off of other people and their validation. Um, but I get to Patterson and uh, the Rockland, the Sir Malabar Rockland Parish, they were doing a JY retreat and they asked me to give a talk because I was still a seminarian at that point. And there's some confusion about what I was going to talk about. But eventually, and this is kind of like the foreshadowing of the story, they settled on me giving a talk on divine identity. Mm. Literally the, the answer to my struggle. Yeah. And that's why I have this joke with some close friends. Um, that anytime the Lord wants me to learn something about myself or about him, uh, he has me give a talk on it. Because this has happened like multiple times afterwards. Like I had to, I, after the first time I gave the talk on... Uh, divine identity. Uh, it was specifically geared towards guys. Um, so divine sonship. I gave that talk like three or four times after that. Uh, and it kept like honing in on the points that I needed to mm. to focus on for myself. And then this was all like confirmed junior year, my junior year, your freshman year, where we meet Father Matt. Yeah. And just a little bit about Father Matt. Um, he's easily the goofiest priest I've ever met. Very incredibly silly guy. He actually broke all notions of what it meant to be a priest for me. Yeah. Or most notions, yeah. Um, but he was, but he lives with like this freedom. And that's why he can be goofy because he knows that he's a son of the father. Yeah. He does not care about what anybody else thinks about him. Um, he lives in like this total freedom. And it was so striking to me because I'd never seen anybody live it out like that. Yeah. I mean, do you have yeah, I mean, I, I think, like you said, first, I'm, I'm sure there are many people like that and were many people like that in the Saints. I'm sure they lived yeah. very similar, but seeing it raw, 100% unedited. Right, like, right. Uh, like, you know, just walking down the hallway and he's, like, dancing and singing something weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just, man, like, you, you just kind of look at that and you're just like, this is a grown man priest that... I just had like a deep conversation on philosophy that I didn't get. So he's very smart. Yeah. But <laughs> just that complete freedom. Why? Because he's not looking for that validation of his smartness by acting a certain way. He receives it. Yeah. You know? Um, and he gave us that acronym, RIM. Yeah. And he he would talk to Abby and I specifically about this relationship, identity, mission. It's the one thing, like, I, I, I really do feel like it's Father Matt's personal mission I'm sure assigned by the father to tell everybody in priestly formation that they're sons yeah. or anybody that he meets you know like that you're you're a son or you're a daughter um, and that's what you're supposed to live out of and he 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 he, he preaches it but he also lives it mm-hmm. uh, and that that was it was the most like wholesome thing the wholesome like witness that I've ever experienced or encountered in another person to be honest like father Matt has done so much for both of us. Yeah. Um, and just living out th- his identity as a son. Yeah, I remember in one of his, like, his homilies about sonship, um, 
just kind of going back to the old thing you were talking about when it, it sort of developed as you entered middle school, that blooming of what other people think about you, what's mm-hmm. going on, basically like knowing the surroundings, sort of like Garden of Eden moment, like your eyes were opened, right? I remember Father Matt giving a homily about like his nephew or something. It was like, wow, there's like a lot of chaos and conversation going on in the house. I forgot what exactly it was, but something was going on. And like his little nephew was just like literally sitting in a corner with some Legos and just like building awesome things. Um, like simple, you know, simple, simple things, but it was like awesome just to see this kid just chilling in the corner building Legos. And like that's the image I've kind of kept with me mm. since then uh, about sonship. And I know it sounds like super simplistic, but it was very insightful for me of like this kid was just there kind of knowing that his parents were around to take care of him even whoever else was home his parents were there to take care of him he was just there enjoying his time doing his thing building stuff Mm. and i've always again father matt i don't know if this is exactly what you meant by the homily this is what i took from it uh was like i that that idea of just resting in the father Mm. while also kind of taking care of my life doing what i need to do but in a spirit of like peace in a spirit of like this is not is this isn't what's making me calm building the legos doing my work doing this and that's not where i'm getting my identity from that's not where i'm getting my peace Yeah, yeah yeah like this kid just had it he had this piece of knowing, like, yeah, my, my parents are here. Like, he's not actively thinking this stuff, right? He's like, what, a five-year-old kid? I don't know. But He's able to freely build. Exactly. There's, And I've always kind of kept that with me since then, of, like, really trying to be in that. I mean, that that's what it means to be childlike. Like, mm. that's rim. The whole thing is, like, childlike. Be childlike. You know? Right. You're going to like this, yeah. Because I, I, I have two thoughts. One is after I learned what RIM was, it provided actually kind of like a resolve to my story because I, I mentioned like I was this really weird kid, but I was also, I was weird because I was uh, transparent about who I was. Yeah. You know, like my interior life reflected on the outside. Mm. And there was... Uh, you know, the strangeness of middle school and high school and being conflicted with so many voices uh, on like who I am and this whole idea of like what I do defines me. I'm actually, I I see the resolve as I'm trying to go back to what it was like to be six years old. Yeah, man. I'm trying to go back to what it was like to live in that original innocence. Dude, it's crazy. This is exactly what I was talking to you about like with the other day with like anything, right? Like movies we see, uh, pornography, uh, like different jokes we make, different things we think about or like memes, social media, all these things. And we were just thinking about like, man, I wish I was just never exposed to any of this. Yeah. And look, I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying restrict your kids or, or you restrict yourself from all of these things. But the, like the basic idea for me was like, man, there's so many things that I wish my eyes were not open to. <laughs> And like maybe I didn't need that exposure. It's like yeah. a tiny, tiny bit of that sheltering would have been nice. But of like, I mean, that, that's what the whole point of, you know, the like Garden of Eden and the apple, right? Of mm. 
like that's not that took away their relationship with the father that just created them this idea of like the gra- literally grasping yeah 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 because right? the, the evil one you know implants that temptation yeah right to make them question their own identity yeah. by saying you can be like God. And the fact is like they will be like God's in the sense that they will receive everything from the father. Yeah. But the evil one tried to convince them that that wouldn't happen. It's funny because it's almost like he made them do something for it. <laughs> to they, what they did define them. Yeah, I, and sometimes literally. I imagine it like Eve's, Eve's just kind of chilling there like, man, I think it's going kind of well. I have all the food I want. I have everything I need. Let me go see if I need to do something. <laughs> I think I think about this with my mom sometimes. Like she'll just be like, "Mom, you're not Eve. I love you. I'm not comparing <laughs> to Eve." But she, so she, she'll just be like sitting on the couch, and something will feel wrong to her. She'll think she still has dishes to do or something to cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and you. I mean, this is a whole different topic on like noise and always being in that state. But it, it kind of that's 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 like sort of how I imagine of like just everything is fine like you know you literally know you you know had this experience of being created by god you're in the garden you have everything you could possibly need yet like there's like i want to know more i want to do more and gotta grasp gotta grasp because we don't trust that the father will give um but yeah the other thing i want to say is that the the person who lives out his uh original innocence and identity uh, is it and sets becomes the model for all of us is jesus yeah i want to read this this quote from because i was reading this this book by uh, a, a theologian on how spiritual maturity is actually becoming childlike mm-hmm. and I, I, I just think it's a really good quote he um von balthazar says for jesus however the ground that permeates and unifies everything in his life remains always identical with the concrete and personal reality of the Father. He's always living in constant awareness of the Father. Yeah. Um, and the, the, quote, the quote continues on, so that he can define himself by speaking about my Father. Right. Oof. Precisely this shows to what extent he remains a child, even as an adult, and why this permanent characteristic gave him such a unique understanding of childhood and made him exalt so highly the condition of being a child. Wow. Jesus will literally say, unless you become childlike, yeah. you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Yeah, and I, I think, because yeah, how, many, how many times do we subconsciously and sometimes consciously shut that out? Like, yes, religion, good, faith, good, trust in God, good, but don't be naive. Yeah, it's, and, it's almost like we've reduced our faith to like this side thing. Like, yeah, you have you have to pray a rosary. You have to uh, go to Kurbana. Yeah. Or even at the top of the list, but it's not the center. Right. Okay. Some people put it at the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. Right? But it's still <laughs> That's right. not the, the center. It's still not the, the view that they take on the world with. Like, right? you don't have to go to, uh, you, don't, you don't have to pray the, the rosary to validate your Christianity. Yeah. You have to pray the rosary out of a out of a place of knowing that you're a son or daughter, yeah. Not only of the father, but also of the mother, yeah. Right, that that's, you want a relationship with Mary. And that's, that's exactly what I was going to get to, and like you were talking the the quote you shared. Who, who's that by again? Hansers von Balthasar. Oh, sweet. Um, but they were 
like Jesus in the gospels, right? I mean, we don't, we don't know exactly what was going on before, but those first 33, 33, right? 33 years of yeah. non, oh yes. no, 30, 30, 30. So 30 years, no public ministry. Mm-hmm. Like what was he doing then? Yeah. He was not a kid for 30 years, right? Like what was he doing once he hit 18? Like did he go off to call it? No. Right. And I just think about literally Jesus just chilling with his mom. Mm. Like, you know, going off in prayer and just like joking with God, just relaxing, not relaxing as in doing nothing of being lazy, not sloth, but in the spirit of like, not yet, not yet. I'll do this at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. Because Mm -hmm. why? Because those 30 years, he wasn't worried about if, if I don't go start preaching right now, I'm not actually the son of God. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and like, I, I always try to come back. Like, that's like one of my main reflections in life. Whenever I ask myself about if I should do something like a certain ministry or a certain action, certain career, I always go back and ask myself to or bring myself back into that reflection of like, Jesus, it's, it's okay. So that, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like that it's okay to not be doing something. Yeah. You can just, uh, you can let go. Yeah. Let go. It's, you know, if, if you're somebody that deeply cares about your faith, that does not mean you need to go sign up for some youth ministry right now. That, that doesn't mean you need to go, you know, help, help your church more with this, this, and that. Again, mm-hmm. important things. But it's okay if you feel like you're not at that point in your life, that there's something you need to develop more with your relationship. There's some, some other things. Like, again, Jesus himself, 30 years, no public ministry. Because that whole time, he was resting in sonship, hmm. both of God the Father and of Mother Mary. Like, Passion of Christ, one of my favorite scenes is him making the table and yeah. comes out that's and awesome. just messing with Mama Mary. Yeah, You know, splashing water on her, all these things. And that's how I imagine it. I think they portrayed that really well of like, you know, he's just at home doing some carpentry, you know, messing around with, his, with, uh, with Mama Mary and like, you just see this sort of freedom. Hmm. The same freedom that I kind of saw in Father Matt reflected there. It's like goofy, trusting spirit. Even like the new Chosen series, that's why I love about Jonathan Rumi, the, the actor. I think I pronounced it right. Yeah. But you see like this freedom yeah. in the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. It's yeah, so it's just awesome to see even in the like. So I talked about the thirty years of no no public ministry, but in the chosen we see the public ministry happening. He starts it is always in that spirit of freedom, and he's always speaking about his father. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, I mean maybe if we can just kind of like come to a closer and just kind of maybe elaborate specifically on rim, right? So it it starts with the reality that that God loves each of us, each of you individually as a son or daughter, right? Um, He even, he he created us out of love so that we can be in relationship with him. That's the the point of our life, the goal of our life, right? So that we can reach ultimate and unending relationship with him. And everything that we do has to be oriented towards that, right? So one, like, I I feel like part of our podcast is just going to be constantly encouraging people to go back to your prayer, right? If you need to like, stop this podcast right now and go to, go to your room and enter that quiet space where it's just you and the father, do it, you know, yeah. like 
Yeah, nothing we say makes sense in theory. Yeah, like, it, like it's not. It's gonna sound like notional things of like, oh, look at these two guys talking about relationship. But I don't really know. I don't really know God like that. We don't really talk. <laughs> and but no, yeah, like, we're, I mean, we're trying to do this. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, like Abby and I, we both like constantly have to go back to our own prayer because we face the same temptations. You know, of how the culture is try, constantly trying to like push us to think a particular way. Yeah. So it's it's yeah like it's 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 God loves each of us. The other way of saying God loves us is that God desires each of us for who we are. Yeah. Right, and we have to accept that, and it's only then can we come to our identity, right, relationship to identity as a son or daughter, right? Where do we find this concretely? This is what baptism does for us. Yeah. Right. Baptism literally marks us, like there's an there's a, a indelible mark on the soul where we are claimed as a son or daughter of the father. Um, and it's only then, like after we're living in uh, that identity, can we truly receive the mission, right? Because God has a plan for each of us. He's not going to let any of our lives go to waste. Uh, he wants to bring ultimate fulfillment in us. Um, yeah, it's like, don't switch the order. Yeah. keep. That's. I think that's the... Most important thing in, ter- in terms of practically acting from here. You listen to this podcast, or like Josh said, mid-podcast, you stop, you need to go act on this, right? Develop that relationship first, because otherwise the identity and mission won't make sense. Mm-hmm. You'll think it's coming from God, and then you'll make up your own thing. I do that all the time. I'm like, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I need to do. But then I look back at it, and I haven't really had personal prayer in like two weeks. So maybe that wasn't. <laughs> maybe that wasn't. I mean, it could be, but probably not. Probably just something I stamped God's approval on. Right. Yeah. So go back to that time with the Lord. I don't know how we expect, and we all fall into it. How do we expect to get the answers for our life? Or how do we expect to get guidance if we spend less time with God in prayer than we do with like a therapist <laughs> or like that we do with a friend, that we do with anyone that we expect good advice from? You know, are are you going to get really good advice from a friend that, you know, maybe like once a week you spend an hour with? I don't, probably not. Like you're, you're it's, it's going to be really difficult to really fully express yourself. You'll get certain things, right? But I think if you're not consistently spending that time in prayer, like personal prayer, not just the devotionals, mm-hmm. like how, how do you develop the relationship at a very practical level? How do you develop a relationship with somebody you don't talk to? And be with. Yeah. Be with. I think it. what we're not saying is like, you have to go to your prayer in order to figure out your mission. No, absolutely <laughs> we're, not. We're not, we're not. We're not saying that. Because as far as I'm concerned, like, whatever about the mission, yeah. right? It's more about, dang, like, we have a God that loves us and wants us to experience him in very concrete, substantial ways. Yeah. And that is what will bring life's fulfillment. Yeah. And the mission... It's going to be a, I remember I gave this at a talk once. The mission will be a fruit of that relationship. Yeah, yeah I think that's the best way of putting it. Like it'll, it'll come out of that, not, I think oftentimes another subtle mistake that's made is like develop the relationship with God so that he'll start telling you what to do. Yeah, that's not and what like, we No, that's not, that's not what we mean at all, right? Like, yeah, maybe some, sometimes he'll directly tell you, but that's not, you know, how often does somebody straight up just, you know, son, this is what I want you to do. I haven't gotten that, <laughs> but it, there's always an aspect of identity and sonship that 
I, you know, that, that comes out of the relationship with God. And then in that same thing, I recognize this is something I need to go do. So, mm-hmm. what, you know, let's just take this podcast, for example, right? It's precisely in this thing we're talking about in RIM, in identity, that Josh and I felt that this is something we need to do, right? That this is not, maybe that's not something that's talked about, this Cyril Malabar identity. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about this just as friends, as sons and brothers. And that's something that we can bring to other people. It wasn't like, you know, we were both in prayer and then God finally told us we can do it. So then we, you know, made a whole game plan about what we're going to talk about. This is purely out of relationship, mm-hmm. purely out of like in the, in, in our relation as sons, we're talking about something. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. And really all of the actions of your life should reflect that same attitude. Yeah. Maybe to like, counter the the posture of you know grasping right yeah goes all the way back to adam and eve how we're trying to grasp at you know identity how we're trying to grasp at the mission no one reflects the counter posture than mary who simply receives with open hands she receives entirely the holy spirit um, and she lives out the transparency transparency between the interior and exterior perfectly um of course she's the immaculate conception so she can do that yeah but but still, she becomes she, be, she becomes the, the model for us, right? Just that we have, we have to have the posture of receiving with open hands. Uh, we will receive everything from the Father if we just learn to trust in Him. How do we learn yeah. to trust in Him? By growing in relationship with Him. Um, yeah, and Mama Mary, nobody nobody better. She knocked out the whole rim in that one action, really. <laughs> just saying yes to the Father, yeah, recognizing behold, she's a daughter. I am the of the Lord. Yep. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Not my word. Not my word. Your word. Um, and out of that came mission. She had a lot to do after that. Amen to that. Mother Mary, please pray for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on that note, shoot, man. Praise be Jesus Christ. Always and forever. Amen.